Hello and welcome back to the Winning Plays podcast, episode number seven, with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine. And guys, last night, Wednesday night, game two at home against the Pacers, the Celtics trailed by 12 points with 11 minutes to go. This is a game where Al Horford was clearly sick, Brad Stevens is picking up technicals, Tyreek Evans morphs into Reggie Miller. But in the darkest moment, Kyrie and Jason Tatum throw the Celtics on their backs at one point, Kyrie scores eight straight as part of a 16-0 fourth quarter run. Boston wins game two. They'll head to Indiana with a 2-0 series lead. In this episode, we'll talk about that, how the Celtics can maintain control, ideally finish off the series in Indiana. We'll give out our game two winning and losing awards, which there's already been a lot of buzz about. Uh, coming off Kyrie's transcendent 37-6-7 performance, we'll ask the question, can you win the NBA title with Kyrie Irving as your best player? Can the Celtics win a title this year? We'll also ask you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and anywhere else you listen. We want to thank CLNS Media for hosting us. We want to ask you to please give us a follow on our new Twitter account, at WinningPlaysPod. And guys, B-Rob, you're officially following? Is this, <laughs> yeah, is this true? No, I, I, Have you followed the first us? Treat, the first treat was good, so I'm in. So since our last pod, we've gone from four followers to 58. So I think to keep up the pace, I did the math. We need 783 followers by the next episode. We'd appreciate any any help with that. Um, and But we sh- I should note that our most famous follower, former Celtic AC Earl, did you guys catch my conversation with him before game two? I caught the little interaction, yeah. I, I asked him for a prediction, and AC said the Celtics, Celtics are going to win by 10. And they were up by 10 before, so, I mean, there was a, and it turned the, the spread, too, when the Pacers committed that foul at the end of the game. Gordon hits the two foul shots to make it, uh, Whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, but, we're, we're, but the bottom line is, we're going to get AC Earl on here for uh, to maybe be a playoff analyst. We we have we have we have to talk it out a little bit. But um, do you want to get into winnies and losies? You want you want to give your your initial response to just the comeback win? Maybe just to, let's do the winnies. Winnies, Mike. Who's your winnie for game two? Everyone watched the game; they know what happened. Who best embodied the winning play spirit? Who was Marcus Smart most proud of as he was sitting on the sidelines? Give it to us. I, I I mean I don't want to get too cute with this. My winnie is just going to be Kyrie Irving. Um, I I I mean he was just that's one of the better postseason. I mean I don't know if this embodied necessarily uh, something that Marcus Smart would do or is capable of, but uh, <laughs> but that's just it's one of the more miraculous and like breathtaking whatever adjective you want to use, inspiring uh, scoring performances that you'll see. Uh, in a playoff game from someone his size. I mean, it, Kyrie was just, he was just marvelous. He, I mean, I, I tweeted uh, uh, in jest that, are we sure the Celtics are are better without Kyrie Irving? And the old takes exposed retweeted me thinking I was being serious. So my mentions were very, <laughs> were uh, in a great place last night. Wait, so you trolled old takes exposed. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I know, I, unintentionally too, because they've got me good a few times. Um, but they were not in on the joke, I guess, unfortunately. Uh, that makes me think old takes might be getting a little desperate. I think so, yeah. Jumping the gun a little bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, but no, Kyrie was, I, I mean, that was just incredible. I mean, B-Rob, you were in the house for that. Just what was that? I'm sure the crowd was going like bananas, particularly the the, the go-ahead three he hit in the fourth with like, I forget how much time there was left right after yeah, he like, hit the, like the three. Four minutes, yeah, I think five or four minutes left. Though. Yeah, he hit the pull-up off the, the Al Horford high screen and then on, on the right wing and then a, a couple seconds later hit the uh, – the one, the deep one on the left. I mean, you were there, B-Rob. Just what what was the crowd like? What was the atmosphere like when he was doing all the, the craziness that he was doing? It was pretty reserved. I mean, I think people were holding <laughs> out for the final four minutes. It's old taste, I hope Old Takes Exposed is listening to that response. Yeah, um, yeah no, it was, a, it was a wild fourth quarter. And I think for as good as Kyrie was, I think the – I mean, there were a lot of encouraging things about that game since it looked pretty dire for the Celtics – um, for a lot of the second half. But the fact that they were able to actually start mm. that comeback with him on the bench, I think was huge. Um, and then, so he obviously, he came into the game, you know, fresh, hit those shots, took advantage of all the switches that the pacing, Pacers were doing. And then, in an even more encouraging development, and I guess we'll throw it to you, Rich, for your, your winning after this one, but like, he didn't take a shot in the last three and a half minutes of the game which I think was great because he was getting double teamed and just made the right play again and again. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. That's actually the first time I'm he- I'm hearing that stat. Uh, and that's you. And that, that I think we'll get to what we're going to talk about a little bit later with with the kind of game that Tatum have had, especially down the stretch. Let me just first sneak in my winnie. And you know, I, I you know, Mike turned it into sort of an MVP award. I'm thinking of it more of like a, the gritty kind of Terry Rozier kind of performance that we saw in Game Two. So you're giving didn't it, have the you're didn't have the shot going. Terry Rozier is my game two. Coming coming off the Mar- the Marcus the Marcus Morris winning in uh, in game one, Terry Rozier is getting it for me. Didn't have a shot going. Made a, I said a couple of really dumb mistakes. I, I the, the the moment I I I was pretty sure it wasn't going to be the Celtics night was it was at the end was it the end of the third where Terry had a chance at a three pointer but hesitated and like stepped out of bounds or didn't get it off in time. Yep. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I know, yeah. Yep. I, I forget what quarter That's, that was, but I know exactly what play. And just the sort of the compared to what had happened in game one, like when he hits the, you know, the last second shot to go out of the quarter, just seemed like that was going to be the story of the Celtics night. But the guy finished plus 19 in 20 minutes, played his ass off on, 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 on D. I think he, as that other ball, ball handler, you know, at times, I know Kyrie <laughs> was dominating the game for most part, but I thought he was a nice compliment. And that's it, six rebounds, six assists. He was getting it done in, in other ways. And that's my winning. Wait, B-Rob, who's your winning? I mean, I have to give it to Tatum. Oh, okay. But I, I respect the Terry choice because I agree. I think that was one of his best games of the year, Rich. And, like, and a night where the offense wasn't going, which I think is right. most five, important. Five shot attempts. Perfect. Like, take threes. <laughs> like, do it seriously. Like, just do everything else. Rebound. Assist. Like, you know, do do the, 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 the marker smart work because they need someone to do that stuff. Uh, but I have to give it to Tatum because you, again, Kyrie Irving didn't – for as great as he was, he didn't take a shot in the last four minutes of the game, which meant someone else had to step up to the plate. And he hit the the huge corner three, which was a – I want to give credit to Jalen Brown for that tremendous pass that uh, Brad Stevens called one of the best of his – you know, he's seen from Jalen in his career. It was. But then – and then on top of that, like Tatum kind of follows it up with another perfect sequence where he turns down the three – Goes to the hoop, gets the extra defender, and makes the perfect pass to Hayward. Um, again, just like literally the if you're a Celtics fan, just seeing that last minute and the guys who are stepping up in that last minute for all the shit that the young guys have taken all year, like they won them that game. Like, and Tatum twenty six points, two points shy of his postseason high. Like, that was the perfect Tatum game, I guess. And to talk about you, you, you talked about the uh, the corner three he hit on the pass from Jalen. Do you remember what happened in the possession before that? He missed a corner three, right? A wide open corner three in the same yep. position. So I thought the fact that he just got that pass and didn't even think about it. No, he. I mean, he's you know, iron you know, in his veins. Just like just not going back to last postseason. We forget just how many big shots he hit, and just you know, he's just not faced by that stuff. I do not forget. For the record. But anyway, <laughs> um, no, Tatum was great. He was him and Horford. I think with, you know, a, a pseudo winning award, uh, I'm going to actually, I'm going to give it to a combination of Brad Stevens and Al Horford and just how uh, Steven, Steven's decision, I think, to play Horford at the five in the fourth quarter, because Horford played the entire fourth after he looked terrible uh, in the first three quarters. I mean, he was sick i guess i I, what did he comment on like before the game yeah he usually talks pregame like he'll be at his locker in my experience was he like a not i don't know if available is the right word. no i mean he wasn't available pregame to talk to us but you know he was he talked a little bit about it after the game saying i mean it sounds like he was like puking the night before and think thought it was something he ate or whatever and then someone jokingly asked him are you contagious and he's like i hope not uh (laughs) Because I so, think I think we'll Marcus see. Morris caught it mid game. Did you guys see <laughs> yeah. that? I mean, mid game. <laughs> he caught it like a couple months ago. I think. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, that's a great transition for the losey. But I just want to I want to finish my point here, which is basically like I mean, they start the fourth quarter with um, like a couple out post ups, which were not successful at all in the first three quarters. Al just kind of muscled his way in. Uh, I forget who was on him. It might have been Thad Young. Um, might have been someone bigger. I can't remember. But he put the ball off the glass uh, at the first possession of the fourth. 
And then just, you know, the offense just opened up with him at the five. I thought that it was a real smart move by Stevens to make that that shift. It really wasn't working offensively for the Celtics with Baines or Tice on the court. And, I mean, I think that that won the game as much as anything. Yeah, yeah so that was huge. Who's your, uh, who's your losing? Who's my losing? Do I have to even say? I mean, there's only one, there's only one choice for losing. <laughs> this should be a quickest decision ever for all of us um yeah that's gonna be my guy marcus morris despite being a plus three in the fourth quarter um he played a minute he play, so yeah, he played two and a half yeah. minutes and he was he was uh he was what i expect him to be i'll just put it that way you know like the the egot when it yes comes, uh, yes marcus morris just became the first one to win a winnie and a losing <laughs> I don't know what we call it. A wheelo? Yeah, that's uh, we're getting good with these nicknames. I think they're gonna stick. Um, <laughs> so, you're, are, are you, so you're giving it to Mook as well, Biroff? I mean, there's no other choice on the roster. Everybody like. played well. <laughs> Everyone played. I mean, Tyson you played long enough to like make a decision either way, and everyone else played well when it mattered. So well, that's, the, that's why I gave it to Wes Matthews. Hey, oh, okay. I thought, uh, I mean, I, who knows whose fault it, w- it was on that inbounds pass? The first one? Because they, they threw two away, right? Yeah. But uh, on the one where there was still something to play for. Uh, Down three talking, with well, 12 this, seconds left, and they throw the yeah. ball out of bounds. And I was talking to a friend about this this morning. His, Wes's reaction, which was, it seemed to be to immediately blame Boyan, right? Did I yeah. say that right? Boyan? Yeah. He did. He wasn't even, Boyan wasn't even looking for it. Right, but I mean, who knows? Right, maybe he was supposed to. It's like very, Brady and Element. Very angry, and and that just seemed like one of those. I don't know. I don't know how they come back from it. Anyways, it seemed like that was their chance to to make this a series. But his reaction, it just seemed like, and that's something that they're obviously going to watch on film, and and Bogdanov is going to watch on film. I, I don't I don't know how a team recovers from that mentally. So my losey goes to West Matthews. I mean, it was a perfect way to end the fourth quarter for them, based on how their offense looked. After um, looking pretty good for most of the game, to be honest, I guess we have a lot to, of tough shots. That's right. I say I guess we have to give it to uh, to Mook, huh? Uh, yes. Got to go to Mook. Well, so who's gonna get who gets the the winning? Because I I said Terry, you said T- Birab, you said Tatum, and Pian, you said Kyrie. Kyrie. Maybe I mean, I, I I am biased because it was my selection, but um, and obviously the parameters for this award are still getting ironed out a little bit. Uh, right. But uh, I mean, Kyrie. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll table. Maybe, maybe we'll have the, the listeners okay, break the yeah, tile. We'll, we'll put a poll on the Twitter. We'll throw account. a poll up. Good call. Uh, also, do you guys remember last episode when I told you that we picked up our first sponsor for the Winning Players podcast? Oh yeah. Uh, that sponsor is BetOnline.ag, and it's the best spot to make all your bets for the rest of this Pacers Celtics series. It's the uh, rest of the NBA playoffs. They have uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, if you're into that. At some point, the Red Sox will probably start winning some games, so you can bet on them, too. Did you guys watch Game of Thrones? I did, yes. You did, but so you do watch it? I do watch it. They have odds on the first dragon to die, the first Lannister to die. You can bet on which Stark is going to die first this season. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> everything is betonline.ag, live betting, virtual casino, craps, beer up. But uh, here on the Winning Plays podcast, we're really into the player props. So we did this real quick. For the rest of the playoffs, we're going to pick two props before every Celtics playoff game. Uh, two of the betonline.ag prop bets. We're going to keep a tally. Uh, after, as we only did, we didn't do it for game one. Game two is going to be game one as we're, we're concerned. Uh, we're going to bet $100 on each one, mythical dollars. Uh, I bet on, for game two, I bet Al Horford over 13 rebounds. He had 10. I lost that one. I uh, bet Sabonis over 20 points. <laughs> he finished with one point. So that's a tough one. Uh, B Rob lost both of his best Sabonis twelve rebounds, and uh, what was your other one? Oh, Sabonis for. Let's just highlight the which highlight the winner, Rich. I, like I don't, we don't need to go. The winner, our, okay. Our, so our, we're our, so we <laughs> were both we, we were both zero and two. We're working this out. We're both zero and two, so we're down two hundred. Michael Pina, he bet uh, Kyrie to score over thirty one points. That was a pretty good bet, Mike. Thank you, appreciate it. <laughs> uh, we were still pretty close, though, even the, the game that he had. You also bet on Tatum had over nine rebounds. Bottom line, you're up. You're plus sixty six dollars after one game. B Rob and I are down two hundred dollars. Uh, <laughs> bet online that AG that CLNS Media's preferred sports book online. If you want to join in the playoff fun, especially if you want to support this podcast, go to clnsmedia.com backslash winning plays. 
Use promo code CLNS50. That's for a 50% signing bonus. One more time, clnsmedia.com backslash winning plays, betonline.ag. And Michael Pina as the uh, the leader after one game. Uh, let's get back to game two. What, uh, where do you want to go with it? Uh, well, I, I, I think one of the interesting things that B-Rob said in our last episode was about how the, uh, the Pacers were not running any pick and roll. And I think we saw a bit of that early on, and they were having quite some success, specific, specifically with. Yeah, the, I know Nate was a listener. To yeah, podcast. Obviously, That's great. Definitely. Thanks, Nate. Um, <laughs> I mean the the DHOs, Corey Joseph had a lot of success with those. Even Wes Matthews had a, a little bit of success. Tyreek Evans was kind of slicing and dicing. They were back cutting off of these actions uh, when the Celtics would take them away. Uh, we mentioned. Uh, Bogdanovich, who uh, hit some big shots, not necessarily out of high pick and roll situations, but um, I thought that that was just that was kind of interesting to me, and uh, I think going forward, uh, it's something that the Celtics. Uh, I, I don't know if it's like a, it's not like a game breaking or series altering thing, but. Um, it was interesting to see. It was interesting to see them kind of switch up their strategy to the point where, you know, uh, I thought that they could have posted up Sabonis a little bit more, who did not make a bucket. And he's, in my opinion, maybe their most talented player. So they're kind of waffling back and forth now, I think, strategically. And uh, again, it, it's like the Celt- they don't really have too many adjustments that are hard and fast that can impact winning and losing, like the Celtics, who, you know, they just put Horford at the five and good things happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, just on that note, Mike, they went after Baines a lot, I feel like, with Thad Young. Just like knowing that the Celtics were trying to hide him and then Thad was just firing from the outside. Mm. And so I wonder, again, in the fourth quarter, the Celtics went small, we saw what happened. The Celtics have had trouble on offense pretty much all series long. So if the defense is going to be able to rebound when they go small which they did in the fourth quarter i wonder if brad trends small for the rest of the series now to try to to finish them quickly. aren't you guys okay with with that young taking three pointers if that's how they if that's how um, they have to play it? less so at home than versus the road but yeah like I, i'd worry about getting them going on they're so much better at home rich that i think you have to like really try to lock i'd be more hesitant to give those open looks uh Sure. In no, I, I feel that. But so what? So 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 they go. So the Celtics respond by going small. Yeah, we're just going smaller, quicker. Like they they took a while to go small in this game, and it worked. It worked great. It was a great move by Brad. But now they they got away with it. Like the defense was just as good, and the offense obviously opened up. We should also so, we should also mention that the Pacers had these like two or three shots that just kind of like. Like it, it's really bounce of the ball situations where like those shot like <laughs> those shots were on the lip of the rim. They could have gone one way. They could have gone the other. And like the whole outcome, like it's so funny how we make all these listen. We analyze the game the way that we do in hindsight. But like if the ball bounced a different way, two times for the Pacers when it easily could have. I'm thinking one Thad Young layup that just like it was just like sitting on the lip of the rim and it fell out for some reason instead of falling in. And, you know, uh, it's just that that stuff is just like really funny to me. How we, we, we take all these things really seriously, but uh, I mean, it's like the series could easily be one, one. Well, I mean, the, the, and this is a little bit as outside of Celtics, but like for me, it's always like every Patriot Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it, it's either you spend the entire, you know, summer, how good things are. If they win, if they lose, you know, people go nuts. Or David Tyree catches the ball on his helmet, and everything's wrong with the Patriots. Is that is the same sort of thing? This is just human nature in a way. Mm-hmm. But uh, thankfully, like you said, it <laughs> that, they, that was the one they showed a, a replay of. Right? It literally was just sitting there. I think Jalen got the rebound. Yeah. But uh, yeah, maybe in Indiana that falls in. Jalen, uh, he hasn't been mentioned beyond that pass. Uh, tied his career high of nine rebounds in the playoffs last night. Um, six rebounds in the fourth quarter. I think that's huge because that, I think the reason why we haven't seen that initial starting five all year long is because, you know, they've been 
exposed a bit. They're weak on the glass. Like, they can get exposed against a team like the Pacers on the glass. But the Pacers didn't have an offensive rebound in the fourth quarter in game two. Um, and that's with Jalen and Hayward manning the four. So that's that was super encouraging to see that, you know, Brown doing gritty stuff like that that, you know, Smart would normally do. It is It is fascinating to see him adopt this role huh like i feel i feel like this is a significant storyline that sure. like the celtics like role definition has and role acceptance has been an issue that's plagued the team all season long and for jalen to slide in to marcus smart's minutes and play the way he has like the style he has he has not been flashy he has been extremely gritty um He's taken on the Bogdanovich matchup. Although it was really interesting to see Gordon kind of wave Jalen off. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that when uh, Bogdanovich hit the three coming off the screen and, and Gordon kind of lost him a little bit down the stretch. And then yeah. uh, a play later, Gordon, you could the cameras... Picked, I didn't see it. He waved him off? The, the cameras picked him up. The cameras zoomed in on Gordon and he was yelling at Jalen and waving him to guard. I forget who, but not uh, Bogdanovich, which I thought was really interesting and then gordon like kind of hiked up his shorts and and took care of business but yeah. um but yeah it was hit the floor it just, <laughs> um yeah so <laughs> did, 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 did jalen not seem kind of jittery to you guys in what way i don't know he and i know he i, I, and I appreciate the role like you're saying that, that he played but he, he didn't seem comfortable like even like when he handling the ball he seemed like especially sort of I don't know if sloppy was the word, but even there, there was that play where he got the the open hoop. I think there was like a miscommunication on a switch, and Al fed him for for a wide open layup under the hoop. But he almost missed it. That, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like for some reason, he turned and almost like took one of those shots like in horse when you're trying to like shoot it over the rim and not and like if you call a swish. Yeah. You know, it and that, that there was that sort of movement where he and we've talked about him as the most athletic guy in the team. He just seems so natural in so many ways, but. I don't know. Offensively, with a ball in his hand, he just seemed very off to me. Yeah, I mean, he I don't think he's sure or as sure of himself on that end of the floor. He hasn't been all year, I feel like. Right, um, but the, and, that, that, that layup, especially, I mean, he turned around and dunked that. He, he It took everything in his in his power not to miss it, it seemed like. Yeah. No, I'm a, I guess I'm, I, I'm happy that you see, again, role definition. Like, he's not, he's not forcing it when it's not there. And same for Rosier, and you hope again that whatever he gets over these jitters or whatever's affecting him on you know shots like you mentioned there, Rich. But because um, it didn't like game one, I didn't see it as much. He, right, he's turned the ball over. I mean, the whole team's turned the ball over a ton. The Pacers are really good at forcing turnovers, but like all these guys with any kind of questionable handle or you know just making dumb path, all this stuff is still there and could. It could get ugly in Indiana if they don't clean that stuff up. Yeah, um, I, I don't know what it is with Jalen. I definitely saw that stuff too, Rich. Um, it's just like a, an adrenaline issue, maybe, um, and yeah. maybe an issue of, or a matter of. It's a guy who doesn't know when or where his shots are coming from, and any opportunity to put the ball in the basket, which is obviously the most enjoyable part of the game. He just kind of <laughs> his brain shuts off for a minute. Like I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's kind of like that, like a sophomore playing varsity for the first time, which which, which he used to have, and it's just if it, it just seems like a it was like a quick regression in a way. I don't know. It reminded me of like a young Tony Allen a little bit. Oof, that's a scary thought. Just go out, go out and play defense. You know, all your only focus is is driving this guy crazy, and if you get the ball on offense, just I don't know, put your head down and drive to the hoop, I guess. Because he only took what two and again, he, I know his focus is different. He only took two threes, I think, Jalen. Yeah. Two threes, six shots. Um But I, I mean it's so funny, like the, the on the other side of that spectrum is uh Tatum, who particularly down the stretch and even just in the fourth quarter, you know, he had that finger roll that he basically Moses Maloned um hilariously and then he had the uh the dunk going to the left where he cocked it back with the right uh on the left-handed drive which i thought his forehead was gonna hit the rim um i mean that was just like such a fierce play i mean if i was david griffin and i was watching the game and i saw (laughs) that i would immediately call danny ainge like at that moment um 
I don't know. Like, it's just funny when you look at when you look at uh, the contrast between the two and how comfortable one is versus the other. It's, it's interesting. I don't know if there's anything to it right now, but it's just it was interesting to see. I mean, I guess it's like why Tatum's always been, even through the ups and downs of this year, like Tatum's stock, long-term stock is always going to be higher than Jalen, just based on the comfort level on offense. Like, it's just, I guess, like showcasing it even more, I feel like. And yeah, so Bram, you, you, you like moving forward, and we talked about this a little bit before, but you're, I don't know, I mean, who, who's not all in on Tatum, but you're ready, you, you seem ready to, to think that what we saw last night, this is going to be the, the nightly playoff Tatum that we can that we can expect well I mean not 26 points but I'm saying like he averaged 18 and a half last year I just like looking back at his playoff stats last year and then looking at the first two games looking at how much more engaged he is defensively um now versus the regular season which again shouldn't be a huge shock but it's it's just a reminder of again this team didn't have a consistent number two option for most of the regular season and to its detriment and now, and obviously to Kyrie's detriment, with to his frustration, I feel like at times. And now Tatum, again, it's just two games, but based on what we saw last year and the kind of playmaking he's doing now at pivotal moments, like I think he's becoming the clear-cut number two there, and that's huge for this team for the rest of the year. And you know, whether he's here next year or somewhere else, I think it's it bodes very well, very well. He's doing it on this stage again. Can I just say something that just popped into my head? I think, you know, so right now we would say that, you know, at the end of games, the most simplistic thing that the Celtics do is they run high pick and roll with Irving and Horford. And it's extremely difficult to defend that for obvious reasons. And I don't know how many teams can defend it, Um, be it a switch, a hedge, whatever you want to do, a drop, like the Celtics can beat you with that matchup, but uh, with that action. But I, I think that the evolution of this team and it reaching its its ceiling offensively might be like you know when uh like chris paul will set a high ball screen for uh james harden so that the whoever's defending chris has to likely switch onto harden and it's usually a smaller guy and then harden can just kind of go to work off of the of, of a lesser defender uh, I think like the the ceiling here for the Celtics will be situations where Kyrie Irving does not have the ball, and instead he sets the ball screen for Tatum. They get the switch where Tatum has someone much smaller on him, and he goes to work and and, and draws two or does whatever he has to do, gets a shot off over the top. I think that that is you know you see it with the best scorers in the league. You see it with Steph and KD. You see it with Kyrie and LeBron when Le- when uh, they were in Cleveland together. CP and Harden. It's just this really difficult action to defend late game and late in games, particularly in the postseason. And I, I, the Celtics have, to my mind, never really done it. And I think that you know the potential there just kind of flashed before my eyes, just thinking back to to last night's game and, and just Tatum and how explosive and and absurd he can be with the ball. And then I mean, he screened for Kyrie, right, right, right. on that play. So like, I mean. Tatum as the ball handler will be a whole different element there, but you're right, Mike. Like you don't see Tatum setting a lot of screens for Kyrie and that with Kyrie so hot, it's like who's guaranteed to make the Pacers pay in that instance. And it was, it was Tatum for like when the double came and he made the perfect play. And again, the shot selection, Rich, like he took pretty much all threes or shots at the rim. Like that was perfect. Like yeah, that I think is the what one, people were dying for. And there was one time he pump faked at the baseline three and I think took one dribble in and took a, you know, a totally reasonable two pointer. You know, once in a while you do it. You got to keep. Right. You got to keep it, keep people on. Reggie loved that one. Um, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I I almost didn't want to say it because <laughs> I knew Reggie liked it. I don't want like anything Reggie likes. Um, but uh, I had something to say about Tim. Oh yeah, with B Rob because you were saying you know this year that they kind of lacked that that consistent second option, and whether whether Tatum can do it doesn't seem to be the question it's just that whether and it's not want either but it's just you could just see it last night at the first note that I wrote during the game his first attempt I think was at 10:45 left in the first quarter and he just, and it kind of pulled up for a three and you really you really see it you could just see in that game he had that mentality and the reason it wasn't a consistent number two is because he didn't have that every night this year so I mean I hope I hope he he can keep it. I, I I don't know if we've really understood what was going on but the playoffs are the time to, I guess, forget about 
you know the, the previous season and, and turn the page but, but I, I, I don't so know I guess the, I guess I'm just not ready to assume it's going to be there no well it's I think it's role definition too yeah. of like Jalen's not taking 13 shots Mook is on the bench but I don't think that was ever time. the issue he literally would I, not I think that was part of the, but I think that was part of, I, you're, he was passive at times but I think part of the reason is you're passive at times is you're not getting the ball no I, be, so I think like, you're like both pouting? you're both right in a way um and I, I you know we get bogged down a little bit on this like game to game analysis which makes it a little tricky but what i think is so dangerous about the celtics is you know you look at someone like gordon hayward and he was you know he did not look great in my opinion last night by any means uh but better he, he had some shots and um you know i, I just I, physically he did not look peak Gordon um but he's still like there are going to be games where he does what Tatum did last night and you know then we'll be talking about oh here's Hayward Hayward's back and Hayward is the number two scoring option so it it just it speaks to the 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 myriad like uh, just options that that Steven has and that that can pop on any night um and it's uh like there was that one play where Hayward was in transition and he had Corey Joseph backpedaling and he took this like weird, like fadeaway leaning to his left and I was like, what yeah, that was a great. On? You got to get to the free throw line at least there, mm-hmm. man. Um, Speaking of which, when uh, Kyrie had two foul shots, I think with three minutes left last night, that were the fifth and sixth of the game for the Celtics. They did not get to the line last night. No, no, they didn't. Wednesday night, game two. No fouls were called in the third quarter on the Pacers. Is that right? Yeah. So, for them to overcome, I mean, Kyrie had thirty six without getting to the line once. I think is. I mean, his his shot making was. I mean, that's why he's the winning. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Winning is not about shot making. Mm, mm. I bet if you asked Marcus Smart deep down, he would say it's about shot shot making. But, um, but yeah, no, what what. Probably not. Um, one of the, uh, I think we should mention one thing that's interesting, a stat uh, that I was I saw when I was just kind of scrolling through what's happening right now across the playoffs is uh, the Indiana Pacers, you know, throughout the regular season have been a very long two heavy team that kind of neglects the three-point line. Only one team is shooting more threes right now than the Indiana Pacers, and it is the Houston Rockets. So it, doesn't count. it is, it is, yeah, exactly. And in the percentage differential, there isn't even the gap between the one and two isn't even that big. And so, I mean, that's kind of, it's not like a white flag by Nate McMillan, but it is, uh, you know, we're abandoning our identity here because we need to score points if we're going to win this series. And, and the thing is that, you know, they don't shoot threes. They didn't shoot threes during the regular season for a reason, and, and it's that they don't have a lot of really good three-point shooters. That's not – I mean, they actually do, though, Mike. Like, not you natural three-point shooters, but they have seven guys that shoot 37% or better. Yeah, like, but the volume and, like – Yeah, I mean, the volume yeah, – it, it's like getting guys into – you know, it's their comfort zone. Like, like who scares you when they're shooting a three on that team? Maybe three guys? I mean, Bogdanovich, McDermott. Um, Matthews. Matthews scares me a little bit. And then, but no, like, I mean, that's Miles, it for me. Right. But like, Miles Turner should be, I mean, if for him to get to where he wants to be as a player, he should be firing up four or five a game. And eventually, yes, I agree will. with you 100%. Um, he went two for five last night from deep. Uh, one of them was kind of ridiculous, but uh, he's just not there yet, in my opinion. And then you have like, you know, Tyreek Evans hit some junk he threw some junk up last night that went in um his percentages have been all over the place all over the map his whole career uh but like thad young going one for five like every time thad young honestly pulled up and he when he was wide open i was just like that's that's a shot that you got to live with if you're the celtics and even on the baseline doesn't matter where it is if he's if he's shooting in general yeah i mean him shooting is a win for the celtics the only um, the only bigger statistical oddity than the three point shooting is Thad Young's eight steals for, through two games. He's been like they've all been feist. They had eleven steals as a team last night. Like they're getting they get out. I I respect the Pacers for how much they just get after you in this series. Like they're down. If 
I can't. If Oladipo was in this series, this would be a very, very interesting series. Um, it wouldn't be a four or five, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'd be playing if, the Sixers right now if Oladipo is in the series. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because when it comes down to those moments where Kyrie's taken over, they just don't have someone to turn to. Which could right. be which which could be a good way to to talk about the next. You know, we could, if we want to move past Indiana a little bit. And just ask, can is and and I'm I'm growing more convinced of this by the day that I think you can win a title with Kyrie Irving as your best player. When I watch I watch Kawhi against the Magic in game two, then I watch Kyrie against the Pacers in game two. I didn't uh, offensively I mean defense is one thing, but offensively I, I, I didn't see that big of a difference. Yeah, I mean it's clear from a the shot making perspective. If Kyrie, the the only concern I've had of Kyrie, is his willingness to like, not resort to hero ball, too much in these playoff games. And I think, game two was the perfect example of, him walking that line perfectly. Of, he took the shots that were there. He took some you know, not crazy threes, but like ambitious threes. But he had it going. So those are the shots you want him taking. But then when the Pacers decided that, all right, we're not going to let you beat us down the stretch, he's like, okay, I'm going to trust my guys and mm-hmm. walk that line. And so if he can do that, and he has done that for most of the season to his credit, even though it hasn't resulted in as many wins, like, you know, it's this is a start here. But, I mean, doing it against the Pacers at home, like, I'm, I want to kind of see it on the road this postseason before making any judgments on that, I guess. And against not the Pacers. Exactly. <laughs> but, B-Rob, don't you think that, like, some guys, I, I get what you're saying totally, and and to a certain degree I, I, I agree with towing the line between hero ball and selflessness, but uh, I don't, I, I just, maybe I'm hypnotized when I watch him, but I just don't think that there are any bad shots for this guy. Like every time the ball leaves his hands, I, like do you guys not expect it to go in? I mean, I some long twos, I think are definitely. But you expect them to go in, right? Mm, I know that the, you don't expect them to go in. Not when he's like fading away with uh, two guys coming at him. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I, I, uh, Rich, what are your, th- what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I. I... I don't really have a problem with any with any Kyrie shot. I guess maybe there are times, you know, if if he's missed two in a row and then and then takes it. But for the most part, like I, I guess I just assume that any shot he takes, like no matter how ridiculous it looks, he's probably practiced it five thousand times in the last month. You know? Yeah. I I, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think things happen accidentally, and I, I and I, I and I really do believe when it comes to to that to that instant where he is midair and he's calculating the angle that he needs I, he's he's a savant it's like you know it's it's like he missed uh, a couple he missed a couple driving layups that were like any other player even attempting them in that situation against <laughs> miles turner he would like laugh and they would probably get benched but his like hit the rim and bounce in the air and you're like oh my god this might go in and it's like I just don't know that, that I, I will say that, you know, clock and score, sometimes he makes decisions that are piss poor, like deep threes that just have no like with in no pass possessions where it's right. just kind of like, come on, my guy. But <laughs> those go in. So it's like I, I don't I'm not critical until the ball misses. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I just don't. I, I don't know what a bad shot is for him. And, and in the greater grander scheme of this, of this conversation about, you know, the best, can he be the best player on a championship winning team? I lean towards yes, because at the end of the day, he is unstoppable in a crunch time situation. We saw it all throughout the regular season. His, his numbers in crunch time, Boston's numbers in crunch time were excellent because of this guy and even against the best defenses, you know, uh, when he's doubled, when his, when all the focus of the opponent is on him, he's so smart that he doesn't even like he's 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 a, such a good passer too, and he reads the floor so well that beyond the the shot making, which is like just I I don't even I, I no <laughs> one hits shots like him, um, 
he makes the right plays. And and it's like, I don't know what the defensive equation is to slow this guy down, even against the best defenses in the world. Yeah, I, I just think you don't want him, like, as long as he's not settling, then the Celtics should be happy. That's the one thing I, like, I think, of course, any shot he takes. the question, right? Yeah, settling is the question with him. And he hasn't been settling this postseason, which is encouraging to me. And that's something where, you know, you don't, given the time and the circumstances, the pull-up three with no, you know, passing on that possession, like, of course you could. That shot is there whenever you want it. And, but with this offense, when you have, when this team goes small, like, you can do a lot better than that. And, again, he takes the game into his hands at times when it's right, and then, when the doubles are coming and he knows that they're coming, then he's been making the right plays. And again, him scoring 37 points and not taking a shot in crunch time last night. I think that's, that's, I think that's an awesome step in the right direction for him in terms of like, again, finding that, that, that perfect balance. And moving forward, just like looking at some of the teams, the Celtics, you know, might play like do the Raptors throw Ka- Kawhi on Kyrie. Is that, that's, that's the, the crunch time matchup. Or is that uh, Larry? I, I, I don't know. I mean, do you I think, think so, I, right? I think that if I were Nick Nurse, I would, it, obviously you'd have to see how Kyrie, how hot he was, how how hot he was through the first however many minutes. But uh, yeah, I mean the Raptors are the, the reason why the Raptors are such a, a devastating matchup for the Celtics and a lot of other teams is, you know, this they have Kawhi obviously who's the best defender alive still in my opinion, and then they have uh, you know Danny Green who's still incredible on that end and uh pascal siakam who's this (laughs) suddenly emerged as this freak like ideal perimeter defender versatile defender so like i i uh yeah i don't know who was specifically but but b rob um like so to answer the question do you think that Kyrie is 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 good enough to be the best player on on a championship winning basketball team on this team no what, what do the that's... Celtics need? Would you say? I mean, I guess. And the answer can't Anthony be Anthony Davis. Davis. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, can't be, be... <laughs> it can't be Anthony Davis, no, and it or, can't be Kevin Durant. Gord, Gordon Hayward at one hundred percent. That might be the answer. Like, okay. I, yeah, I think. Okay. I think that's. I think that's the. I mean, that's going to be the answer. Danny Ainge is going to have to figure out this summer. And again, he's collecting a lot of information right now in this run that will help him answer that question. Um, we kind of think I, that Gordon's going to get pretty close now, right? I'd say like between I say eighty and ninety, like for this Nin- season. I think if he's ninety percent, going back to the twenty sixteen seventeen season, if he's ninety percent of that through the next couple months, I uh, I would have to say Celtics Rockets in the finals. That that would be what I would say is going to happen. I'd almost prefer to play. The Warriors to the Rockets, I think. Yeah, the Rockets are, I think, a tougher matchup. It's just not even basketball. <laughs> I don't even say that as a hater. I mean, it's just like it's a different game. They're really good. Going to need Smart to be nice and healed by then if uh, if they get that far. If it means Gerald Gerald Green finally getting his ring, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll be. Do we want to knock around the the East playoffs real quick or the West playoffs real quick before we wrap up, or do we want to put a bow on this Kyrie discussion? Well, I can. You want to go through the the, the, the updated Eastern Conference series prices real quick? Yes, Rich, I have a bone to pick of you. Those prices you gave to us in the last podcast were not accurate. Uh oh. What do you mean? You you highly under like we were. Debating why are the Warriors prices to win so low for the series? Yeah, and it was still like I think you said that was like minus four hundred or something. It was like minus two thousand. <laughs> what I looked up was it on really online? So maybe on it was bet, a game. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. Oh, you know what? At, at that, at that, I think I had a different side up. To be honest, it's yeah, very so rare that, that I do that. Like from now on, it's always it's only going to be BetOnline.ag stuff. But, so um, I can I can give you the. I'll give you guys some prices right now, and you can tell me who you guys like. Give it to us, and then I'll give, and I'll give my made up prices afterwards. Yeah, okay, um, Nets Sixers, 
Nets are plus 300 to win the series, which I think is a, a pretty good bet at this point. I told you guys, I don't think the Nets win another game in that series. They maybe they maybe win one. I think they win another one. Maybe. Rich, you I, made no, a night. I, 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 yeah, they're going to win another one, at least. Rich, you got to brag about your bet last night about the Celtics oh, in the third so you, quarter. Well, basically, I, I just I do that sometimes. I just waited. I, you, that's live betting. That's what you can do on betonline.ag. You wait. If, if it's a home team, like the Celtics, that you still think has a good chance to come back, because that's what happens in the NBA, right? It's a game of runs. You just wait till the home team is an underdog in the live betting. So I waited to the, I think the Celtics became like plus 140. Put some money on them just to win. The, the spread doesn't even matter. So they came back and won. So that was nice. Thank you for bringing well, it up. Well done. Yep. Well done. Um, Nuggets, Spurs, tied at one. Nuggets are minus 135 to win the series. Heading to San Antonio for three and four. I take the Spurs, man. So the Spurs have home court now, right? Spurs have home court. Nuggets still favored to win the series slightly. I uh, just wrote about Paul Millsap. Shout out to... I honestly forgot Paul Millsap was on the team a month ago, um, <laughs> which is basically what I wrote about. Um, I, uh, I, I I think the talent... The talent gap there might be... I'm just going... I'll, I'm just sticking with what I had before the playoffs started, and that's Spurs and six. So there you go. All right, that's really you. all I got to say about it. Um, Thunder heading home down 2-0 to the Blazers. Blazers are minus 205 to win the series. This is the Thunder were favored before the series started. Obviously, it's flipped towards the Blazers now. Does OKC have a chance here to turn things around? Certainly. I mean, damn, damn, damn it is I mean, certainly. Wow. Yeah. I mean, come on. It, this happens. This is the, this is the home court advantage. They're going to win both games. It's gonna come. It's probably come down to like didn't last, happen last year. But I th- I feel like this series is close enough. I think that Portland is sort of a little bit playing with house money without Nurkic, and obviously uh, Rose Garden is an unbelievable home court advantage. Dame played out of his mind. That his performance both games, but you talk about Kyrie pulling up. I mean, Dame ha- had to have taken a, a couple thirty plus footers, right? Dame has the range. Yeah, it's it was beautiful. I, I just think I, I think him and Russ have have this little rivalry going. I think Russ is gonna is gonna get the best of him the next two games, and then we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm not ready to, to to give it to Portland just yet. Hmm. I uh, I am willing to give it to Portland. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. Like, when you should get on the road, Zach Collins and uh, even like he's Amini not even really like, no, but he's not even playing. I mean, My, like Myers Leonard and Zach Collins, those guys are get, are having to give him some minutes. I, is 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 Mo Harkless gonna gonna be the same guy? I don't I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I look across at the Thunder, uh, rotation right now, and um, Schroeder not so hot. Who is uh? Yeah, yeah. Who, who? on the road? And now he goes home, and now he's Schroeder. Schroeder. That's how it works. Does he have a home? Is the real question. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. I uh, I don't. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, uh, I'm not a, a Westbrook person. And I always thought that the uh, the Thunder to to be what they could ultimately be would need Paul George to assert himself as as the best player on that team and the most, um, you know, the first option in crunch time situations. And you kind of it's no fault of his, but I mean, the shoulder injury is a very real thing. And I don't think that Russ is willing to be muzzled yet or anytime soon and he's just this like i i i don't want to call him like a net negative but he's just there's a lot that he just takes away from your team in in big playoff games and he has since kevin durant left and he did before when kevin durant was there and i don't think that's changing anytime soon so i'm picking the team that has these two dudes who cannot be defended apparently and dame and cj and you know ennis Cantor is basically doing exactly what nurkic did except he's better on the offensive glass so i i like portland second prediction cj has less than 20 points in game three i feel good about that one is that are you making that bet uh oh yeah i'll check the odds right now on uh online.ag and see where it's at bureau what's the next series and so I think the last one that's most interesting, it's clearly that 
the betters in Vegas are really torn up about the Warriors losing game two because you still have to put down three thousand dollars to win a hundred dollars. <laughs> Um, if you for the series, for the series, yes. Okay. Um, three thousand so to win a hundred. Three thousand to win a hundred minus three thousand. You guys have a thousand each. Wanna go yeah. In? So let me we split it up a little bit. Yeah. But uh, not as good as the. Uh, we'll end on this. What the uh, the odds in the Bucks Pistons series are right now? I want you guys to guess how much. I was I was looking already. So peanut. You're like my guy. You can guess what number. I still get confused with the the plus four hundred and all that. So. But... It's yeah, the, just explain to, it to me real quick. So, Preetho, for the Warriors, so this would be a period, like the Warriors, you have to bet $3,000 to win 100 So they're they minus 3000 They're minus 3000 So how much do you think the Bucks are minus? The Bucks are minus 5000 No. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> the Bucks are minus uh, 2800 20000 You have to bet $20,000. Wait, are you serious? No. Okay. I am um, serious, though. Yes, it's $20,000. To bet to win a hundred dollars. Wait, so the the Bucks are minus twenty thousand and the Warriors are minus what? Three thousand. Oh, that is that's super interesting. You got um, six thousand three hundred thirty three. <laughs> no, I think I'm a thousand short still. Sure. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, not a lot of faith chance. in Blake Griffin's knee. Not a lot of, not not a lot of faith. faith in Luke Kennard as the number one option, no. I guess. No, um, he's a good then, option for uh, Fanduel though. Yeah, very low, very low price for Luke Kennard. <clears throat> a lot of gambling talk on this pod. Mm-hmm. Listen, um, I don't think it's worth getting into the and then the Raptors series is over. I feel like in the the Magic series with the Raptors, I feel like is not worth discussion as well. Mm. So uh, predictions for Game Three. <clears throat> Is this the one that the so so the Celtics can? It's funny because it would be reasonable for them to lose one of these games. Yeah, I'd say but, it's expected for them to lose one of these games. Sure, but you lose you lose a sec, you you win game three, the series is over. You you, you lose game three, who knows? Right. Um, so I think they're gonna. Away. So I think they're gonna lose game three. Um, and then take care of business in four and gentlemen sweep. I still think it'll be a sweep. Well, yeah, I, I'm going back to my West Matthews Luzi, and um, I just think that that was it. That, they they had they, they had to steal one of these first four, obviously, and I think that was their chance. And that between between that and the last regular season game against Indiana in Indiana, when the Celtics went in there on a Friday night and sort of took care of business, I think it's all. I'm going to say sweep. I also want to throw out a prediction that Sabonis. They will feed the shit out of Sabonis in Game Three from the jump. I think, even though he's not going to start, <laughs> but he, yeah, you, you would think so. You, just... they, I think that he just—if they have—if they want any chance to win, they got to have that dude just be a like a bull, get to the free throw line, just dominate the paint, dominate the interior, and play him a ton. I mean, I just—I'm just still a little—I'm flummoxed by his stat line in Game Two. Yeah, that was pretty wild. To take one shot. Uh, at winning plays pod on Twitter. Mm. At oh, and uh, winning plays pod at gmail.com if you want to send us any questions or pictures. 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 <laughs> did, you picture? did you say that at the same time? I you guys said yeah. pictures. Oh, what, what were you thinking of? Gross. I don't know. That's it. That's okay. all I, that's all I got to offer. We should have ended on flummoxed. Sure. <laughs> all right. We'll catch you guys after game three.